Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Jeff, Kim Holmes, who you're going to hear today in a few minutes. How about this, man? Orange County getting ready to go to a new level, lower level. How about that? I'm not even sure. So, let's see. What is orange? Hold on. I'm looking. Orange is moderate. So, there's four levels here in California. Uh, Yellow is minimal. Orange is moderate. Red is substantial, right? Purple's widespread. Okay, so we're in red right now, but we're getting ready to go to orange, which is moderate. Yeah. And it only talks about schools. Hmm. So uh, anyway, we're uh, we're getting ready. <laughs> we're getting ready to go. Yeah, rip it up. So. Um, Good morning to you here on a Friday. Um, hope you've had a good week. And uh, most importantly, you know, now that the weather's warming up, um, you know, a lot of the restrictions are coming off. I hope you have a chance to get out there and uh, and have a great weekend. Uh, you know, the weather around the, the country is, uh, is getting better. And so uh, very cool. And uh, as it does on an annual basis. Uh, but I don't know. It seems a little bit nicer this year uh, after a lot of isolation. So uh, get out there and uh, and uh, and get after it. The uh, a week ago, uh, the chef and Greg Lotus and I were talking about uh, the be- a series of the best or your favorite. And then somebody sent me a message that said, "Hey, why don't you do the worst?" <laughs> and I was like, "All right, why not?" So um, you're going to hear us talk about um, things that are the worst, the worst place you've ever been, the worst thing you've ever stuck in your mouth, 
right? Um, which is pretty funny stuff. And uh, so they will join me uh, here in a few minutes. The um, Somebody else sent me an email yesterday, and I thought I would take it up on the air here. And, uh, and the question was, Mac, relative to the post-traumatic winning stuff you do, what do you think is the hardest part about it once people learn that stuff? And I thought it was an interesting question. And uh, I would tell you, my own personal opinion, I think the um, the hardest part is creating the infrastructure in your life and being faithful to it so that um, so that you can get through your day. So, you know, it's one thing to, to sit through a class and talk about it, you know, but to action it. And, you know, I, I say in the presentation, you know, the ask in all of this, right, the ask is, is huge. You know, more emotional maturity, you know, more self-discipline. And, and on a daily basis, on an hour-by-hour basis in your life. And so I, I, that stuff's not easy to do. And so I think it's and, – and so really what post-medic winning is about is it's about the change. It's about the change. And so uh, changing your life, changing your behavior, and, and I think all of us know changing behavior is not easy. <laughs> It's not easy. And um, so so that that is, I think, the hardest part of it. I think the biggest hurdle that people have a lot of times with post-traumatic winning is getting over the fact that they don't, uh, they don't need to be an expert to help somebody. And a lot of times, one of the things I hear most often is, well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a therapist or anybody, so like, who am I to talk to anybody? You know, and I say, well, look, man, if if you knew where there was cheap gas or cheap prime rib or ribeye in the, would you tell a friend? Well, yeah. If you're standing in a bar and you know a friend's drunk, would you pick up their keys? Well, yeah. Okay, so if, if, if you can remember that, Things like, basic things like, you're not going to get over this. You've got to talk about your shit. Trauma is trauma is trauma. And if you struggle with trauma, you've got to stop drinking. If you can remember any one of those four things, you can begin a conversation that will change somebody's life. And, and again, you don't need to be, you know, the expert. Okay? Just start the conversation because trust me, they're dying to have it. Trust me, they're dying to have it. So I think, you know, to me, those are probably the two biggest hurdles are creating the infrastructure uh, to change your own behavior, which is never easy. So that's hard. And again, we're talking about on the backside of living through traumatic events. So I think that's that's hard. And then the other hurdle is this notion that somehow you have to be a PhD uh, or a therapist to, to help people, you know. And again, understand they don't have a mental health problem. They're just struggling with how to how to do this. Okay? And if you you know, if you sat through the presentation, if you've gone through the videos, you can help them. And then uh and then once they kind of relax and I said, Look, if you get stuck, call me. <laughs> call me, I'll help you. I'll hop in the conversation. And then they do it one time and that tends to go away. So Anyway, I thought I would share that with you. It is Friday. Whitney Houston sings the national anthem. Good morning to you.
I'm not even going to. Uh, I'm not even going to do the uh, the weather today. Yeah, don't ask me why. I'll play the music, but I'm not. I don't really feel like doing the weather today. So, uh, Greg Lotus, um, Kim Holmes going to join me next here on a Friday in what is uh, a conversation that <laughs> that is pretty funny and I know you'll enjoy. So, have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Chris Woodbridge going to join us next week, and we'll see who else. Um, maybe Grant Newsham. Grant Newsham needs to weigh in on uh, uh, Secretary... of state's visit with the Chinese <laughs> got it got a little sideways there so we need to get uh, Grant's thoughts on that so maybe we'll hear from Grant so uh, I will see you Monday have a great weekend here and now on a Friday edition of All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network is Kim Holmes and Greg Lotus Hi, I'm Colleen McNamara, and you're listening to my dad on All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. Okay, I got no time for music because I'm late. Uh, joining yeah. me from North Dakota are... Wait a minute, you just said there was no hate, man. And then I get, yeah. What happened? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh. That you're saying I'm late and you're piling on with yeah, and five minutes ago you said no hey no hate here man nothing but love. Oh, that always oh, nothing yeah. but love. Yeah. Uh, joining me is Kim Holmes. You just heard what's going on, Kim? Not much. Just uh, loving the weather here. There you go. All forty, all forty-three degrees. And also yeah. joining me yeah. from Thunder Bay, Ontario, and now residing in Grand Forks. North Dakota is uh, Gregory Lotus. Uh, what's the what's the law named after you? The Lotus Law. What do they call that thing? I cannot oh. something like that, or the bill, or amendment, or yeah, whatever for for sports stuff or whatever, something like that. Yeah. So, Greg, piece of American history. Now, the um, there you go. You know, last week we talked about the. Uh, the best, the whole series of the best. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't listened to it, you need to listen to it. So somebody said in and say, hey, Mac, why don't you do a series on the worst? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> so what's the worst thing you ever stuck in your mouth, Kim? The worst piece of food you ever stuck in your mouth. Mine was my sister made me eat a banana sandwich when I was a little kid. And I've never eaten a banana since. I'll eat banana nut bread. But banana on bread with mayonnaise. Oh. Yeah, I puked. I, I, you. <laughs> I ate a few bites of it, and I puked. <laughs> <laughs> on, the on the fucking sidewalk in Mobile, Alabama. Oh, jeez. Yeah. terrible. Yeah. Banana sandwich. It was disgusting. Uh, what's the worst uh, piece of food you ever put in your mouth? Well, my first worst piece of food I ever put in my mouth was my mother's liver. <laughs> and I have, I have since grown to love liver and onions, but not my mother's when <laughs> I was a kid. And you could have worn it on your shoe. It was hard and tough and tasted like caca. <laughs> It was terrible. No question about it. <laughs> you know what's funny is no hesitation either. And you come from a family of food people, right? So, wait a minute. It was your grandmother that was the editor? Yeah, yeah. But but is this your, she is never this your cook liver? She never cooked liver. Is this your grandma my, my, is, is this your grandmother's daughter? Is this your grandmother's daughter though? No. Oh. No. My okay. other grandma my uh, German grandmother's daughter. Oh, there you go. 
My yeah, is my mom's mom. Got it. Yeah. But if it, if, it's, if it's wrong, her. if it's wrong, it's German. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Well, but most of the time. That certainly was. Now, now when I was in Switzerland, I was working in the youth hostel, my very first job, and we have a big lunch at noontime. That's when they have the big meal. And I sat down and I got scooped this plate of uh, looked like ch- chopped beef or sliced beef and onions and this brown gravy and and polenta. And I oh. never had polenta before. And I went through one helping. She said, would you like some more? <laughs> I said, oh my God, yes. This is the best beef stew I've ever had. They all started laughing at me. And it, it was uh, medium rare liver. And it was spectacular. I proceeded to have another plate and a half of it. <laughs> so awesome. it, it just took somebody to cook it right. That's all. And then your mom under the bus. Greg, the worst thing, the worst piece of food you've ever put in your mouth. Probably finding shrimp tails in my Captain or my cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, come on! Seriously, <laughs> what's the worst thing? <laughs> I'll tell you. You're gonna laugh, but my mom. Uh, we didn't have a lot of cash or whatever, so we never got a store bought birthday cake. So she would always make the best chocolate cake. That's all I wanted for my birthday. And usually it's just absolutely amazing. Lots of icing. It's made with actually Miracle Whip uh, for most of it. But the one time I put it in my mouth and I spit it out, I don't know how far across the kitchen, but <laughs> I was like, in my mind, in my, what I wanted to say was, what the fuck is wrong with this chocolate cake? But, but I just said, oh my God, what's the matter with the cake? My mom apparently did not pay attention, and she doubled the baking soda. Oh. (laughs) And I I just can't even tell you the flavor. Now, it didn't prevent me from eating cake in the future, but she did. It was so horrendous, the taste of, like, so much baking soda in your mouth, especially with the sweet of the cake that, yeah, I spit it out so far. It was just a big hunk of bite of cake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. What's the worst piece of advice anybody's ever given you? Time heal all wounds. (laughs) You stole mine. Time heal all wounds. That's a straight up. Clean clean your, yeah, go ahead. Straight up fucking lie. (laughs) <laughs> but, but you think it's true because everybody says it, right? Right? Yeah. Kim, yeah. worst piece of advice anybody ever, ever gave you? Oh, well, my mother again gets the award for this. <laughs> we we weren't allowed to leave the table until we finished our dinners. Right. Stand, and, stand uh, standard parent. So I had to eat Brussels sprouts, liver. And uh, there were a couple other things in there, but uh, that, that probably was up there. I I'm trying to think about worst piece of advice, but uh, I've I've received a lot of lousy advice in my life. I I can't name one in particular. <laughs> you know what? That's interesting because I'm sitting here thinking the same thing. I think the worst piece of advice that I get on a repeated basis that I believe is that like don't worry about it nobody's ever going to find out yeah oh god yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) wrong and they're like yeah you're probably right and I don't know why (laughs) I I don't know why I believe that over and over in my life and then I like the whole thing gets fucked up and then everybody finds out and you're like what the fuck the worst piece of advice ever is when someone says honesty is always the best policy yeah, and that's simply not true because, like, say your wife comes out and she says, you know, hey, do I does this dress make me look fat? And it does. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to say? Absolutely. No. 
You know, no, you got you to you you yeah, temper that shit down. That might yes, not be my do. favorite color. You know what? You know, that might not be my favorite color or um, someone's <laughs> calling me from outside. I have to go, you know, shit like that. <laughs> that's a that's a trick, right? And same with how does my hair look? Looks beautiful. Oh, oh God. Oh, my God. It looks so gorgeous. Yeah. Right? Do I stink? Yeah. <laughs> Do I stink? No, no, you don't stink. Smell, smell like roses. Smell yourself. Where you are, why, do you want, why do I have to get in trouble for all of this? The um, yeah. let's see. What is uh, what's the worst place you've ever been in your life? The most, oh. the most oh. hellish place you've ever been in your life. Recovery. Oh, really? Recovery room. Yeah. Alcohol rehab or what? What, what are you talking about? No, no. Surgery. <laughs> Surgery. Surgery, you idiot. <laughs> How could I listen to you, Mac? They don't, they, don't put, they don't put you in a room when you're an alcoholic. What do they do? No. I they no change idea. you to a bed. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think they do. The um, That's the worst place you've ever been in your life. Why was it so bad? Because of the pain. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you weren't still knocked out and shit. You were come. You you could already feel the pain. Well, some of them you have to be awake for, you know, oh. and the pain wears off pretty damn quick. How many different surgeries have you had in your life? Oh shit, I have no idea. I mean, just on my knee alone, I've had over a dozen. Wow, that's, um, that's impressive. That's, yeah. So you have experience. But, I mean, you I, have experience in the recovery room. <laughs> yeah, I've had my I've had my spleen out, uh, surgery on my ankles, thumbs, a uh, couple fingers. Um, yeah, I mean stitches. I don't know how many damn times, but but yeah, I mean that's lots of surgeries. But there's only been one time where the recovery room sucked ass. <laughs> that's all. All right, all right, Kim. Worst place you've ever been? I was looking for more a location, but Greg's that that's fine. Kim, worst... I, I, I'd say the worst place I was uh, hitchhiking from Italy back to Switzerland to our my job, and I was late, and uh, we stood on the highway outside of Bologna. Uh, until just about dark, and I and all we had, we had no money. All we had was a jar of Skippy peanut butter for Christ's sake, <laughs> and that's all we had to eat. And uh, and and I I thought, oh, I'm gonna die here. Uh, nobody's gonna pick us up, you know. My buddy Mike and I, uh, Mooks, uh, and finally some guy who we knew from Florence was going back to Florence and he stopped and he says, what are you guys doing here? I said, well, we're trying to get back to our jobs. So he says, come on, I'm going to drive you back to Florence. So we got back there, called a friend and he loaned us some money and uh, gave us a fiasco of wine. That's a two liter bottle of wine. Chianti. And then uh, we, got on the train and we made it to our jobs, uh, just in the nick of time. Wow. Cause we would have been in serious trouble otherwise. You know, I'm sitting yeah. there thinking I don't, the biggest shithole that I've ever been in. And I'm trying to think, um, your old studio. <laughs> I'm tr- yeah, I'm trying to like uh, places that I would say just a total shithole, and I wouldn't even put any place in Iraq or Afghanistan in there because that's like a different world. Like so, in yeah. the United States, like the big biggest shithole I've ever been in. Um, I, and I'm struggling to come up. Like the most miserable place I ever was was in Quantico because just. Hot, humid in the summer with all kinds of bugs and ticks and chiggers in the woods. And you're always, like, jacked up. And then in the winter, it's just, like, 
cold and raining all the time. So it was, it was a perfect place to train because you were fucking miserable all the time. But that's not really what I have in my huh. head, right? I'm, I'm having like a, you know, the worst place ever was. And I don't really have, I don't, nothing's, nothing's jumping, nothing's jumping out at me. Let me, here's, here's another one. What about the, um, I forgot it. It was, it was one of the things we did last week. Piece of advice. All right, one of you, do one of you guys have a worst? Well, I, I had the, uh, one time, uh, we were in the micro bus driving back from Morocco to, uh, Florence and, uh, we had stopped, uh, before the border to, uh, clean out the van from, of any contraband. And, uh, they, uh, drove by, the police drove by and saw us, you know, straighten it up and clean the things out. And, and we got in the van and we got to the border and they said, pull over there and get out of the car. I went, oh, fuck. And they took every bit of luggage out of our car. They took the seats out. They took everything and, uh, searched us individually. And, uh, Looked under the bus, looked, took the hubcaps off, everything. Wow. And then, and then uh, I figured, well, I know somebody fucked up and that was on our trip and uh, had something. I not me because uh, I I was freaked out, man. Because you go right to jail. Yeah, and you're you're in they jail don't in Morocco. Yeah. You might as well be jail in hell. They don't do so. Mor- <laughs> they don't they don't do Miranda. You don't get a phone call. Oh, and you don't. And the embassy won't come to you. <laughs> oh, if you get busted for drugs in Europe back then, it was six years in a day, and it didn't matter who you knew. Oh my Sorry, God! You shouldn't be doing that. And. uh uh, so we uh, we thought we were fucked, and uh, and then they said, "Okay, you can go." And then they just walked away from it. <laughs> we had to put everything back together. <laughs> wow. I was pre- I was pretty terrified, though. I, I tell you what, I uh, that is terrifying. You know, I, I now that I think about it, I think the um. The worst place I've ever seen, probably for, in terms of poverty, were the Philippines. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have kids. Uh, I remember when the first time I was there in, like, 87, uh, You there was a big naval base there. We don't have it anymore, but it was called Subic Naval Base. And you walked uh, from the base across a river to get into the town right outside of the base, which was nothing but bar. It was like Sodom and Gomorrah gone wrong. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like yeah, it's like it would make Vegas, yeah, it makes not. like Vegas look like Disneyland, right? So, but there there were kids in boats, and this river was called Shit River, and raw sewage in it, and and you know guys would throw money into the water, and these kids would dive in the water, and they they'd get the money, and you're just looking what people are doing for money. The girls that were prostitutes were working off loans that their families had taken out from the bar. I mean, so they were indentured serve. I mean, it's just horrible oh. poverty where you're, you know, your kids. Oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, so when I think about the things that, like, I saw, you know, going around the world that, you know, and then you come back, you know, what is poverty in the United States, right? You have a home, you have a TV, you have a car, you know, you don't, you just don't have, you live in the poor section of town and you don't have everything you want. Well, that's not poverty around the rest of the world. So that's probably a, the worst. And then in Hong Kong, they have... I don't know. Is it Kowloon where they have all the boats tied up and people live on the boats? That's, yeah, that's pretty sobering when you see, you know, when you see that kind of stuff. Um, God bless America. Oh my God! Well, you know, and if you if you don't get out and if you're not able to get out and travel, I mean, like you two have been able to do. But if you don't get out and travel, you don't see that stuff. I mean, you, I don't know that you have a good perspective on how lucky, you know, the ovarian lottery that we all won to be born yeah. here in North America. And then, uh, and then to have the opportunities, and I'll tell you what, in particular for our girls, 
um, to have the opportunities yeah. that they have. I mean, because, you know what, half the world, I mean, they don't go to the same school, they don't run in the room when we're having this, you know, different discussions, blah, 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 blah. So, so sure. that's interesting. The worst dessert you've ever had, Kim, worst dessert. Uh, hey, if you throw your mom under the bus again, like. Uh, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, she was a pretty good dessert maker. Uh, the worst dessert I had was, where was it? Uh, I think it was, uh, something in, uh, in Switzerland that wasn't sweet at all. It was, uh, they, they thought it was a, a delicacy, but it was, uh, I don't even know what the hell it was, but it was, it was just bitter. It, it was, it was like, oh, just had no flavor. It had no sweetness to it. And it was hard to chew. It was like something you kind of sucked on, they said. And uh, I said, "What for? <laughs> what the hell?" Oh, you, 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 it'll, it'll loosen up a little bit. And uh, <laughs> so you stuck it. And mouth. I said, "What the hell is it going to loosen up for? Uh, does it release some flavor burst or what?" No, it's just, <laughs> it's just when we're working in the mountains. Uh, that's what we chew on. Oh. <laughs> Jesus oh, it sounds disgusting. Wait, now, Greg, you already, you already talked about your mom's cake, though. I mean, the, the problem with that is is the expectation you have in your head of this is oh, going to yeah, be yes. the best, and it collides with a train. Yeah. <laughs> You you get you get bitch slapped back to fucking Bangkok because you just like you don't know what to and then your immediate reaction is just to just spit it out. <laughs> yeah, you can't help yourself. You, well, yeah, no, that, that would have been no. a traumatic experience itself. What? About, okay, so other than your mom, worst dessert you've ever had? Yeah, I hate absolutely hate like Christmas fruit cake. I I've had one bite in my life. And I will never eat it again. And every time we visit somebody's goddamn house, they say, would you like to try my mom's homemade fruitcake? And I politely decline. <laughs> and then they say, well, what? you don't like fruitcake? I'm like, no, I've never eaten it in my life. I had one bite. And they're, oh, mine's different. Yours is not oh. different. Yours sucks dick, too. Okay? Yeah. It sucks. I I I may maybe had one fruit cake that I thought was worth a, a damn, and uh, I had this recipe, and I made it at Sanders, and it took a month to make, and and uh, you you uh, you make it initially, and then you start pouring rum on it. Oh, and you wrap it in cheesecloth, and then you let it soak in for a week. Then you take it out and you douse it with more rum. And Holy shit. After a month. Does that qualify for a fruitcake? I don't think. Oh, but yeah. Rum yeah it's, it's a look, rum cake. It has all the shit that fruitcake has in it. Uh, you but know, you can't taste dried, any of it because the there's so much fruit. fucking rum in it. That's exactly right. And uh, I saw that's this. Like, that's, like saying it, and, that's like saying a drink is... is is ice. It's called ice, not booze. Right, right, right. How'd you like? How'd you like some some ice in a glass of scotch? That's, yeah. not, that's not really ice, is it? Oh, it's the way no, I. It's, it's the way I eat ice. Doesn't everybody? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. When, no, when you're pouring really, on, I, I I thought of you, Greg, when or when you said you hated cheese uh, <laughs> fruit, that fruit fruitcake. And I said yeah. I, I never liked it before, but there had yeah, so, well, <laughs> so much booze in there. After a month wrapped in the fridge in cheesecloth, uh, <laughs> I took a bite and I just got crushed. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Ma- Mac, I could put I could put my shoe in cheesecloth and every week douse it in rum. <laughs> And after a month, I could fucking eat my shoe. Exactly. That's exactly. I don't. Well, yeah. That's about I don't think that qualifies. I don't right. think. 
So what took you? What did you have at the end of the month? A petrified fruitcake no, with no. glazed, it was, it glazed in rum? How can it be petrified with all that alcohol in it? It's a month it, old. It was delicious. <laughs> but it was like you, you, a little sliver went a long, long way. How many pieces? How lots many, of whipped cream. How many pieces of fruitcake to get hammered? Two? Uh, it took uh, probably two pieces of fruitcake to get crushed. <sighs> <laughs> and and that's about uh, maybe a, a wedge that at its largest spot was less than half an inch wide, and went down <laughs> to a point in the center. And and because okay, uh, I, got- I had to I had to find out, uh, you know, how much of this can I eat before I get crushed? You had, you had to do an experiment and, and it, it on took yourself. Me about, uh, uh, about a pound of whipped cream, too. <laughs> nice. That helped a lot. Mac, Mac, I got to roll. Hi, right, bud. Thank Cam, you. I got to roll. Yeah, thank hey, you. Good to talk to you, Greg. My apologies for being late. All right, we'll, we'll talk soon, bro. No no worries, man. I love you guys. Bye-bye. All right, see you. Bye-bye. Greg, Greg Lotus. Greg's had a lot of surgery in his life. Yeah. Oh, God, yes, he has. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, I thought... The the worst pain I've ever had after a surgery was was when I had my rotator cuff done, and uh, you know I, I wasn't feeling any pain when I got out of recovery, but you know your arms in a sling and you have to keep it kind of strapped to your body, yeah. And then once the medication wears off, it's you can't sleep. You can't move. You just kind of nauseating the pain. You know, you just wanted to puke all the time. But uh, nothing like Greg went through. Nothing at all. He he is one butch dude. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all there is to say about those kind of surgeries. Yeah, I'm trying to think the worst pain I had a. Um... I had a knife stuck into my calf, and it felt like it oh, hit the bone. And th- th- listen, you want to hear a stupid story? Um, we have we have dinner when I was living in North Dakota in Grand Forks. We have yeah. dinner. We have we have dinner, and we're eating steak. And I um, and I was eating on the couch, the love seat that sits in my uh, in my living room right now, and. Or the couch, one the couch, and so I had taken my plate and I and I after I ate my plate was sitting yeah. next to me, and then somebody took my plate, but the steak knife fell off it, and then they didn't notice, and so I lay down on my side, right, oh, and I'm watching the TV, and yeah. and the steak knife, unbeknownst to me, is behind my right calf. Right. Ouch. And, and then I, when I went to curl my legs, the point of the knife was like right in the middle, middle of the back of my calf. And I, and I slid the, the knife and you have to think of the perfect, the geometry that had to be there for this to happen. And so the okay. back end of the knife is going now, cause I don't know the knife is even there cause I'm wearing a pair of pants. And yeah. as I curled my kind of legs up, Right to get in, like I don't know, I'm I'm laying yeah. on my side to get in a fetal position or some modified thing like that. The knife goes back towards the end of the couch, hits the back of the couch, stops, and it goes straight into my it goes straight into my calf, and it felt like it hit the bone. That's how deep it went, and I just went ah, <laughs> right, and everybody in the. the you know, Susan was there. Colleen was in the room. I think Catherine was in the room. And they all look. And I, I think Patrick was in the room. I know Patrick was in the room. And I was like, oh, God damn it. And they're like, what? And I, I, I run my pant leg up. And I clamp the back of my leg. And wow. I grab the I, And I, this knife is still sticking out of the back, back of my leg. And I, oh, Jesus. Right. And I pull the knife out, and I've got my hands over it, and blood's going everywhere, right? Cully's like, oh. And they're like, <laughs> they me they're, out. They're like, what? <laughs> what happened? I'm like, I, f- 
fucking stab myself. But it, what really hurt was when it felt like it hit the bone, right? It, I'll bet. Yeah, it felt like it hit the bone, and that that hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just like pain just shooting through your body but you know but i've been i've been fortunate i mean i um had a heart murmur when i was a kid and i um and uh and i had a i had that catheterized and uh and i never had an issue with it after that um i've never had you know i've had like a cyst taken out of my back i mean just something where you go to the doctor and they yank it out and, and they they you know they give you a few stitches but I've been really lucky. I haven't had surgery, you know, in uh, in uh, you know, in, in in since I was a kid. So I've been I've been knock on wood. Where I got to find a piece of wood, knock on wood, you know. Um, I've been I've been really lucky, and uh, I've been involved in anything like you know, like you know, nothing close to what Greg's gone through. For those of you who don't know, Greg playing in the NFL gets injured um, right at the end of camp one year. And uh, playing for the New York Jets, and uh, and he goes to have surgery on his knee, and uh, unbeknownst to him, the doctor who does the operation, uh, the knee gets infected, and Greg was not even drafted. Right, he was a undrafted free agent, so he's not a high end guy. So they're telling him go to go to you know go to therapy, and you'll be fine. And he's saying, I think there's something wrong, right? But when you're not a high end guy, they don't pay any attention to you. Nope. And they're like, no, just go to therapy. It's it's normal. It's fine. And he's like, something feels wrong. So, you know, he starts losing weight and he can't sleep at night. And he finally has a friend um, who's playing on the Jets. And he says, hey, come see our team doctor. And he, I mean, on the Giants. And he goes and the guy says, hey, I've got to operate on your knee. And Greg's like, when? He said, now, today. I'm going to try to save your leg. And, uh, and so... You know, uh, they go in and and they saved Greg's leg, and but I mean his knee had been infected for, you know, I want to say a couple months, and yeah. ate all the cartilage out of his leg, and you know he's walked with the cane ever since. So Greg's story is, you know, he goes from playing in the National Football League to becoming a disabled guy for the rest of his life, at about the same time or a little bit after his wife uh, Heather, uh, yep. who's, who's a, just an awesome woman. Uh, she. Uh, she, she uh, yeah, she uh, comes down with her. I don't even know if the, with the right way to say it, but um, she has breast cancer. She they detect breast cancer in her, and so yeah. they're going through that like simultaneously. And uh, so Greg's story is a pretty amazing story. And the Lotus Law, or the Lotus, whatever the hell it is, if you look it up, it has to do with being able to sue your employer uh, in the state of New York if you're a professional athlete, because Greg tried to sue the doctor and they said oh no the doctor's a co-worker and the doctor's not a co-worker but that's the defense that the the lawyers used and they won and greg lost his case uh at the new york state supreme court and so they enacted legislation so that you know you could you would have some form of redress but yeah greg's story uh pretty amazing one pretty amazing yeah one, and so. they, they did a a, a section for uh, for TV for it too. Yeah, ESPN. On ESPN. Yeah. yeah. I want to say on one of the outside the line things they were looking yep. at, at the, right at the way athletes get injured and not taken care of and and the league and the union, you know, uh, turn their back on them and and you know you you saw stories like this you know now with all the money that gets made, right in in professional athletics, you know you have older players that didn't participate and didn't play under these collective bargaining agreements that have been left out and they're crippled and and they're you know they're destitute and things like that and now these these leagues have you know hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars of assets and so um you know is you know is do they have a duty to take care of guys like this who you know who played football concussions right knee surgeries and are just absolutely disabled and so uh, now so greg part of uh great part of that story what do you got uh what do you got going on this uh, first let me just tell you i should send you a picture uh we had filet mignon on sunday night uh, my daughters were both here Catherine and colleen Catherine is a meat and potato girl from north dakota and uh and my ex-wife came over so we had dinner together 
And Colleen, we're, we're in this supermarket. I go to pick out the fillets. Colleen's going to go get the asparagus and the uh, and the baked potatoes. Mm-hmm. Colleen picks up baked potatoes that are literally the size of Rhode Island. <laughs> and so after, so I'm standing there, and we're gonna right. And all of a sudden, I see the potatoes go by, and I look at her. And I'm like, "Who did you buy potatoes for? Like the land of the giants or something?" And she's like, what? I'm like, have you ever eaten a potato that big? And she goes, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, did it not cross your mind that I'm going to consume this? <laughs> she's like, well, I'm like, are you kidding me, Colleen? So the picture I have is, a sp- <clears throat> and let me tell you, Kim, I even though I've owned the green egg for probably 11 years, Yes, maybe probably going on twelve. I think yeah, I've just I think I've just learned really how to to cook on it. And, yeah. and let me tell you why. So the digital meat thermometer is one thing. I in order on a charcoal grill, you have to you have to get one side of that grill like crazy crazy hot. And I would say yes, you do with the charcoal. And the green egg is this long oval. Right, sitting on its short end, right, and so you have to fill that son of a bitch really high with charcoal and let it get yeah. really smoking hot so it can sear. And yeah. I was always, yeah, you know, and then I, I then I wound up actually cooking over that half because you know it wasn't it wasn't hot enough. And so this past this last time, um, and the fillet yeah. is 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 an art form because you can't cook a fillet like that because. You know, it's so thick. You got to yeah. use direct heat. So I'm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to fill it up as high as I've ever filled it, and I did. And I seared those steaks and put them on indirect heat. Mon Dieu! Okay, with the Bernays sauce. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll, I have a picture, and I'll, I'll put it in with this this hour. So if, if those of you listening can check it out, this gigantic right. bat mashed potato had like a quart of sour cream and two sticks of butter in it. Yeah. Oh, you had mashed potatoes? No, no, no. It was baked potato. Baked potato. Okay. Oh, you should see the amount of sour cream and butter in this thing. <laughs> it was, it was absolutely gigantic. And the potato, the the potato is so large, it makes the fillet look like a tiny steak. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, like a side thought. <laughs> exactly. But let me just tell you this. It was one of the greatest meals I've ever eaten. Filet mignon. For you. Right. Oh, my God. With Nor's Bernay sauce, with baked potato, with all of it in there, and asparagus. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and perfect. You know, you know the other thing? Is what? that it's an easy meal to make. Yeah, it is. That's, it. That's exactly what we did for my birthday on Monday. Really? Yeah. We... Uh, we made twice baked potatoes. We we got those gigantor potatoes and slid them length well, baked them off, and then let them cool a little bit. Then slid them, and then put the uh, scooped out the inside, oh. and and put them the potatoes in a potato ricer. That's that thing that has a lever and and presses down and rices the potatoes so you get real smooth mashed potatoes and and then uh added uh, green onions and uh, sour cream and (laughs) butter and then stuffed it back in the potatoes and then uh we baked them off uh on monday on my birthday and had filet mignons Uh. and uh it was just so cool and I, you know, I tried to find nor Swiss Bernays sauce. And not a fucking store in North in Grand Forks. What? That has the those packages of Bernays sauce. Are you kidding me? I was rip shit. <laughs> nah, I was just so upset. Uh so not one you, Hugo. So did, we you know, there's six did, or seven of them in the area. And uh and no other grocery store had it. So, uh, whoa, that's, uh, 
You know, that'll piss you off. So did you order some off online? You, uh, no, no. Uh, I'm, you, I'm, we're going to Fargo uh, oh. in a week or two. No, I, I, and I, I know where to get it in Hornbachers. Well, you know, I went, I bought, I don't know how many packs of, you know, I bought about six packs of it. So we had a, yeah. we had a supply in in the in the uh, in the cupboard, but no, because that is that makes it. Oh my god, it's the best, literally. Yep. Now, and sure let me did. just tell you that. And I the whole time, the whole time, the, the whole time during dinner, I kept saying, "This is the best meal I've ever eaten." <laughs> <laughs> and the girls were like, "Stop it." <laughs> I said, yeah, I bet they were. This is so good. No, but they were like, Dad, it is really good. But again, um, and again, my mistake relative to the steaks was I, you know, not putting enough charcoal in that grill. And what I really need to do, and and Kim and I have done shows about stuff like this, but um, you can buy a partition right for the grill, yeah, so yes. that it makes it very easy to stack charcoal on one side and fill up kind of a uh canister yeah and then uh and then so you and then you have one side of the grill that's uh that's indirect heat and uh, that's yeah. a, that's a smart thing to do that's a smart thing and, to do. And, be- and what what i do is is like uh when i'm when i grill my steaks uh and they're thick like that uh i'll have all the burners cranked up when uh i turn it on and then when i i i put the steaks on i turn the far burner off so it's still warm but it's not there's no flame under it god and then i sear both sides like that well the, but cross marks on it but, but you and have I, well hold on let me ask you a question so with your propane thing does it have like the little charcoal things in there that you heat up or when you turn the burners off are you just searing with the the ambient heat and the heat of the the grill no, no, I don't turn all the burners off. Oh, okay. I turn, I turn uh, uh, one burner off that uh, is it started hot, and then when I put the steaks on, I turn it off, so it's warm, but the heat comes from the other two that are burning. Got it. And and, uh, and then you flip them over and you get your crisscrosses on them. And, but it's rare because the heat's so hot. And, but you get that beautiful color of the steak on the outside. It's it's probably rare, very rare on the inside. And then you just sit them on the indirect heat for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. You test them and, uh, and, uh, and see what the temperature is. And if it's 120, 115 or... I pull them off and then let them rest and it'll finish cooking and it'll be up to about 125, which is medium rare for me. Yeah. But that, that's how I do it. But uh, you've got the green egg, man. You, you got it nailed. And well, and and what these things are called, they're called, uh, you know, angle brackets uh, and if you if you look for these things, uh, if you if you are a griller, if you are a charcoal griller, um, you know you know what it allows you to do is is pile the charcoal vertically so you can sear, you know, especially because yeah. green, green egg yes. is is long, which is one of its you know beautiful things, um, and why you never burn meat or things like that. But uh, but no, I mean, and uh, oh my God, the, the you know the fillets were so. Good. <laughs> They're so good, yeah. and let me tell you, and the Nor sauce, the Bernays, uh, it just makes it better. And then you have this potato, baked potato, that has so much yeah. sour cream and butter in there. Uh, you could take a bath. Yeah. Now, you, Mac, you need to add bacon and and chives I didn't next think, time. Next, you know what? I'll write, I'm going to write myself a note with, with the butter and sour cream and salt and. Or, not salt, but pepper, and then you have you you can pre cook the bacon and drain it, and it's but it's hot and crisp, and then you chop up some green onions real fine, and and uh, you know you do layers: butter, sour cream, onions, and chives, 
and not only is it you've died and gone to heaven with your baked potato, it looks beautiful. But but try it, Mac, next time. I know you like bacon. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, bacon is 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 one of the most unique tasting things that you you know that yes, you ever eat. I mean, there's nothing it even comes close to you know what tastes like bacon. You know, I mean, different different cuts yeah. of steak or you know um, you know taste similar. Nothing tastes like the joy of bacon. But you 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 cook it right before you use it, so it's still warm. Yes, uh, or or you, you can uh, uh, heat it up. Uh, you can pre-cook it in the morning, and then you have a little cast iron skillet. You can throw it in and put it on your green egg and heat it up, or put it on a burner on the stove and heat it up, because you want those to be warm and crispy. You don't want soggy bacon and cold right. pieces of crumbled bacon in the in the, the beautiful pool of bacon sour head. cream yes <laughs> yes and butter <laughs> and, and, and lots of butter <laughs> with bacon right. oh god it's, it's, ma- it's my favorite way to have baked potato just make sure you don't let your cardiologist anywhere near that thing the um oh. i just saw i just actually did a little search it says the stanbroil firebox divider charcoal Fire grate for large big green egg, and wow. uh, it's got a forty-one ratings of one, two, three, four, four and a half stars for forty wow. forty-eight bucks. Though it's a pretty heavy-duty piece that you drop down right in the center of it. That's yep. uh, heavy-duty, you know, steel, and yeah. uh, and then it allows you to pile up that uh, you know that charcoal so you can sear, and uh, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, there you have it. The other half, the other half is indirect heat. Yeah. yeah. And it'll it'll still cook your meat, but it, well, it won't and let me tell you this. Burn it. And with the digital meat thermometer, which I think is significant when you're uh when you're cooking fillets cuz they are so thick. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have the skill level that Kim does, uh and you're not confident in your, you know, your digitally calibrated thumb like I'm not. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, you, 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 you have these four probes and you stick them in, you know, different fillets. Now there were six pieces of meat cause I cut a couple of fillets in half cause they were large and I knew the girls wouldn't eat that much. I mean, eat a whole one. So, you know, the ones that are of similar size just, just sit next to each other. Right. And you put a probe in one That's of them. Right. And so the four probes cover all, all six cuts and, and it came out, it worked out perfectly. And you, and so you look cool. at your phone because the digital thermometer is Bluetooth hooked to your phone, and you can see, yep. you can see, you know, and all the probes are color coded. So there's a red one, a yellow one, a green one, and a blue one. And it, inside the little red circle is the temperature of the red probe. And you're watching them progress, and you're like, oh my God, it's actually working. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It's working. Oh my God, Kim. Nor's Bernay sauce. Right, filet it's mignon, filet mignon, and the biggest fucking baked potato you've ever seen in your life that you'll see yeah. a picture of, all uh, attributed to. And you can in the picture you can see like I think yeah. it's a plastic wrapper of the sour cream yeah. bin that I emptied into that potato. Oh God, I'll bet that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Pound of sour cream. I I also, if you goes found these. Eight to a pound shrimp. Oh. Now you can figure, you know, most shrimp are like 12 to 24 or not even 12, like 18 to 24 or or smaller. But just think eight shrimp to a pound. And they're they're bigger than your thumb, bigger around than uh, maybe two thumbs of mine. And, uh, and, and they're, and and I let them thaw out, and and the, they're frozen, but they they're deveined, and the heads off, and and so I let them thaw in the fridge overnight, and uh, it takes almost a day and a half actually, and then uh, I heat a saucepan up with uh, a good wedge of lemon, and and squeeze it and drop it in the 
boiling water with salt and then throw the once the water's boiling then you throw the shrimp in and like three three about four to five minutes is all it takes and then you uh then you have a little bowl with ice water in it it's got to have ice in the water and you you drain them and then you throw those drained shrimp in that ice water to stop the cooking and and then and then you peel your shells off and then you have the best shrimp cocktail man and we make our own uh horseradish sauce cocktail cocktail sauce with horseradish sauce yeah yeah you you make kim's got a great um uh, uh horseradish um with with a little sour cream uh, sauce that he serves with. What do you serve that with? Prime rib, prime rib, or any any, any piece of meat that we have. Right. But usually people will order the prime rib. But in your case, you order Bernays sauce over your prime rib. Right. But but uh, that's because you're special. <laughs> but other otherwise, everybody has the sour cream and uh, horseradish blend. Yeah, it's just a little uh, hint of uh, lemon juice in there. So good. Okay. Yeah, it's it's delicious. Yeah, no, it's and really it's, good. And you know those little those little touches uh, really take take a meal that, like I said, it is. I mean, even a clown like me, and I'm not much. I'm not. I'm not a culinary person, but I've learned. I've learned how. To, I've learned how to do that. And oh my God, the meals are so good. And like I said, they're so simple. It's I mean, look, look asparagus, yeah. a little bit yes. of olive oil, and I love uh, Montreal steak season on it now. And then yeah. those go in for twenty minutes. The baked potato, you you know, just olive oil and uh, and and kosher salt. That's you know, yep. fire and forget. Yep. Put that Sorry. in. Forget yep. about that. Right, and then all you got to do is bear down on the steaks. The nor sauce is is very simple and and easy to do. And you have a dinner that is you're not you're not in the front row. You're in front of the front row. It is absolutely fantastic. You're on the stage. You're on the stage, man. You are on the stage. Yeah, you are the show. Yeah, and, that's how good the, it is. The, the thing is uh, about uh, the sauces. Uh, they're not complicated like the horseradish sauce or the Bernays sauce. But they, like you said, they make the meal. Oh my God! It makes they it... elevate that meal to something special. Right. I mean, you. I mean, you can have you can you can grill a piece of meat and and you can do that anytime you want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know when uh, when you start with good meat and then you know the Bernays sauce and and it's just oh my God. <laughs> It was yeah, it, it, it was delicious. Then we let me t- then we had um we I bought a cheesecake at the store, a good cheesecake and we you know, strawberries are starting to come into season out here and, and so oh, they are. Yeah, a little bit of strawberry puree with fresh fruit and with cheesecake. Yep. So Colleen and I are checking out. And the and the lady who's you know, who's who's uh, the the clerk there, she looks at us and yeah. says, Could I come to dinner tonight? <laughs> right. I'll, I'll bet she did. And she said, um, "I'd get a, some mushrooms though to have with the, with, with the with the fillet." And I said, "Well, we're having Nora's Bernays sauce, so so that's why I didn't get it." And she goes, "Oh my God, even better!" She said, "I'll just follow the scent. I'll be over there. I'd get off in two hours." And I said, "All right, we'll see." <laughs> that's ya. funny, right? Well, right. So you know, you know, you've done something halfway decent when the uh, when the clerk who, who's 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 like doing the mindless drill of scanning your shit looks and goes, mm, "Yeah, that looks good." And and she gets hooked. <laughs> right. right. She she bites the lot, the hook. Right. 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 No, nothing like good food, and and you know you have your family around at good food. It's just wonderful times. All right, sir. I appreciate uh, I appreciate your oh, assistance. My pleasure, Mac. Thank you very much. More of All Marine Radio coming up next, right here on your home for it, the All Warrior Radio Network. 